in part three, Cambert had been talking about how he was going to look at transformation, discussion and reflection, application and evaluation. And so that's kind of where we're landing into to finish up this piece. Transformation. Transformation is the process that enables learners to own or be responsible for their learning. The process of making something one's own involves learners transforming the meanings and or skills that someone else has demonstrated into set of meanings and or skills that are uniquely theirs. In the domain of language, this is highly, <coughs> in the domain of language, this is, a, is highly similar to creating personal paraphrases. Expressing some concept or knowledge in one's own words while closely approximating the core meanings involved seems to co-occur with the decision to take control of, in other words, assume ownership of, take responsibility for the concepts and knowledge involved. Our data suggests that learning that is not accompanied by transformation is shallow and transitory. Discussion and reflection are language processes that are fundamental to human learning. Both have a similar purpose in learning, namely to explore, transact, and clarify meaning. However, they differ with respect to audience. Reflection is really a discussion with oneself. My classroom data show that the process of transformation is enormously enhanced through discussion with others. Such discussion allows the exchange and interchange of interpretations, constructed meanings, and understandings. Furthermore, these data support the claim that learning that has a mandatory social dimension to it is usually successful. Just as toddlers can learn to control the oral language of their culture into which they're born, only by socially interacting with others, older learners also need a myriad of opportunities to interact with others in order to clarify, extend, refocus, and modify their own learning. However, discussion with oneself, in other, in other words, reflection, not only creates opportunities for clarification, extension, and refocusing, it also leads young learners to make explicit their unconscious language and literacy know-how. My data show a strong relationship between effective literacy learning and the development of conscious awareness of how language and learning works. In other words, the meta-textual awareness. Just as the pre-speech monologues that we're noticed seem to be a necessary component of language learning, so monologue with oneself which is a form of reflection, seems to enhance transformation. I feel confident in asserting that learning, thinking, knowing, and understanding are significantly enhanced when one is provided with opportunities for talking one's way into meaning, both with others and with oneself. And thinking about this, I've read this article many times over the years, and as I'm reading it aloud and basically talking to myself in this podcast, I'm realizing that I'm remembering and interacting with this in a much deeper way than I have in a long time. And it's making that conscious awareness of the concepts in this article more clear to me. 
application is inherent in the condition of employment. My data suggests a multi-layered relationship among application, discussion, reflection, and transformation. When two or more persons collaborate in addressing or trying to resolve a problem, they are forced to interact with at least each other. This collaboration always requires discussion. Transformation occurs as a consequence of discussion that typically accompanies jointly constructing or understanding new knowledge or mastering new skills. Often this new knowledge is reflected upon and the new learning is further transformed. Thus, teachers should create discussion opportunities for learners to apply their underdeveloped or naive knowledge and skills. These discussions always often prompt other discussions. All this will maximize the probability that what learners hear and see others do, think, and say as they address the same problem will cause varying degrees of intellectual unrest, which in turn will lead to a continuing cycle of transformation, reflection, discussion, reflection, transformation. A continuous thread that runs through any teaching and learning process is evaluation. It is embedded in the condition of response described above. Learners are constantly evaluating their own performance as they engage, discuss, reflect, transform, and apply what is to be learned. It doesn't matter whether learners are engaged in learning to iron, play tennis, write an economics essay, ooh, I hope I never have to do that, tie shoelaces, or acquire the oral language of the culture. They are continually asking themselves, how am I doing? Those who adopt the teacher's role in any teaching learning situation are also constantly engaged in evaluating. They are constantly responding, giving the learners with whom they interact information that answers the how am I doing question. This help or feedback typically comes in the form of some kind of response from whoever happens to be in the teacher role. It can come through discussion with other learners involved in similar kinds of learning, but only if there is a strong sense of collaboration and collegiality within the group. Figure two is a summary of this model of learning applied to the classroom setting. To conclude, Camburn adds a final section. Toward an educationally relevant theory of literacy ed education. An educationally relevant theory of literacy education should have the following characteristics. Internal consistency. It should be able to explain both successful and unsuccessful literacy learning. Ecological validity. It should be applicable to both in-school and out-of-school contexts. Theory into practice congruence. It should be the basis for the design of instructional structures, processes, and activities, which is what we're going to try to do in this course, is to take these principles and turn them into the design um, that we're using for the units. Pragmatic coherency. It should not make sense only to teachers and students. It should be doable. Transferability. The principles inherent in the theory should be extendable in contexts other than literacy learning. And finally, a high success rate. It should work in the sense that a significant number of learners acquire literacy as a consequence of applying the theory. Since I first described this theory in 1984, many thousands of teachers in hundreds of schools in school districts in Australia, New Zealand, 
the U.S. and Canada have adopted, adapted, and applied the principles to their own contexts. This theory also has been extended by creative educators to the teaching of mathematics, music, and teacher learning. The evidence is emerging from these endeavors shows that the theory meets, in varying degrees, all of these criteria. I'm quietly hopeful that someday I might be able to drop the word toward from the title. <laughs>